Welcome to Positive Reaction Podcast. My name is Danielle C. Aguilar, better known as Dr. D. My name is Dr. Edwin Serrano, better known as Dr. Pepper, and we are not your average physical therapist, and we will get you ready to react at any given moment. We are here to question healthcare to help you make the best decision to get back to your active lifestyle. All right, so this here is our first episode, and people are probably wondering what these two random physical therapists are doing in the great city of San Antonio, um, and how we kind of thought about this idea. So um, just to give you a little background about us, I guess, Danielle, you can kind of start a little bit and tell us, you know, where you're from, where did you go to school, all the good things, that way people can get to know you a little bit. Okay, Uh, so my name is Danielle, as I'm sure you've heard at the beginning of this podcast, And I'm originally from Harlingen, Texas, down by South Padre Island. And I grew up there. I lived in a lot of border towns and went to college in San Antonio at University of Incarnate Word. I was blessed enough to play basketball there. And then I loved UIW so much that I decided to continue grad school at UIW. Oh. And then that's where you and I met, yeah. is at UIW grad school. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a good segue for you to tell us yeah. where you're from <laughs> and how you ended up at yeah. UIW. kind of already dropped that ball. Mm-hmm. Well, um, for me, I'm from West Texas, kind of a small border town as well, Presidio, Texas. Not uh, El Paso. Not El Paso. Everybody always says I'm from El Paso. Times. Yeah. And I went to college at UTEP for a couple of years, transferred to LA, graduated there. And then I went to UIW in 2012, and that's where we met. And we're part of group six. That uh, was the first... The first semester. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the first semester. So, um, Shout out to group six. Shout out to group six. <laughs> Who was it? Aaron, Aaron Monica. Monica, Carrie, Carlos. Carlos! Uh, the other girl... I forgot. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I can't name. remember. But. So that's four of us. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so, um, you know, we're, we're a couple of physical therapists, and we're here in San Antonio, and um, we have our own cash-based uh, performance practices. So yes, yes. we work with athletes, and we work with everybody from... In between. In between, um, kind of bridging the gap. I like how Danielle yeah. says that, uh, you know, typically... You know, the physical therapy setting, everybody knows your typical, like, mill, where you see so many people within an hour, and mm-hmm. you're just, like, grinding and pumping out patients, like, left and right. Um, sound like pregnancy or something. But, um, <laughs> so, I'll, I'll speak a little bit more to bridging the gap. You mm-hmm. have, like you mentioned, your regular physical therapy clinic that you're, you have physical therapists that are seeing patients pretty, on a high-volume basis. And where we come in is we have the opportunity to go from the basic exercises that most patients need to more sports specific or Mm -hmm. catered to what you as the athlete, you as a weekend warrior, you as an... um, A person that just wants to get healthy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And and what we like to do is really specialize to that because we believe in providing optimal care with the ability to do that without having to push insurance in, in the boundaries that, that, that come with it. 
um, I think that with, with all that, we have that opportunity to do that in the setting that we're in. You mentioned mm-hmm. cash-based physical mm-hmm. therapy. There's, it's, it's growing for good reason. Yes. Right. And before we even go down further into that, mm-hmm. um, we haven't really touched too much on why we even got into physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little um, about that? Well, for me in physical therapy, I mean, everybody always has like the whole I was injured story and like, oh, I've worked with a physical therapist (laughs) and I just wanted to do that. And so uh, for me, it was a little bit different. I was an engineering major. I loved math, but then I figured out I didn't Which is crazy. Yeah, I didn't love it that much. (laughs) I I mean, I loved it, but uh, once I got to like the Cal 2, 3 level, I was like, I don't really care how much weight can a bridge take or like, (laughs) I, I don't like... Yeah, it was civil engineering. Anyways, um, and then one of my friends, you know, I always loved basketball. Mm-hmm. I think that's like mm-hmm. a common thing that we both like. Yeah, that's true. And I said, well, I love basketball. I'll just be a basketball coach. And that's pretty interesting. You go from engineering <laughs> to coaching. Yeah, and, you know, I always tell people, I was like, I'm not going to get rich. I just want to do what I love. And then I want to be around basketball. Then I remember I was like driving to the gym with my friend. He's like, why don't you do physical therapy? <laughs> that's how he sounds. Yeah. That's much <laughs> and then I was like, what is that? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. That's so nuts. Uh, I didn't know what physical therapy was. Um, and then he's like, yeah, people get injured and then you can help them get better. I was like, what? I thought you just casted people or had surgery and then they get better. I was like, no, like you. You really thought a- that? Okay, I'm from a small town in West Texas. Like <laughs> Presidio, Presidio. Presidio. Like shout out to Presidio. If I broke my ankle, and all I did was like, oh, let's drive across the border and like cast you, and then drive back, and like six weeks in a cast, and they literally take out the cast, and then I was like, okay, you're good, which mm-hmm. is still what they do too. Yeah, like now, like that, that hasn't wrong. changed. Like, you're not wrong. It's the same fucking crap. <laughs> I mean, when you say that, you're not lying. There's a, like, there's truth to that. Like, like we're, I feel like that's where, like, now, from my point of view, is like, we're not appreciated because people just think, oh, here's an exercise. Uh, here you go. Right. But there's, like, more thoughts involving with that. Anyways, so um, I changed into kinesiology, and I said, oh, well, I still do the same coursework, and I do right. additional hours or whatever and get into physical therapy school. If I have a good resume, uh, and I kind of went on that track, and I remember I was graduating and I was working at the Y, and then I was like, like what the hell am I gonna do in undergrad? In undergrad, well, yeah, clearly, sorry. Yeah, so I was like graduating, and I was like, man, I'm graduating. I was like, people. What are was applying. your degree at this point? Kinesiology. Okay, just kinesiology. Kinesiology. No emphasis on anything. No emphasis on anything, but I did like all the prereqs for PT school. Okay, so and you I, already had an idea. I had an idea, but I didn't know what I was gonna do. I hadn't, I hadn't applied to PT school. And I was like, I, was like, I guess I'll apply. and Because uh, everybody around me was looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. And I, was like, I don't want to work. Like, <laughs> hey, this not- is not surprising, <laughs> by the way. And, and so then I was like, ah, uh, um, like seven, seven months before graduation, I was like, all right, start sending like last minute applications to PT school. Um, and then I was like, oh, I want to go to Florida International. Like, that's where I wanted to go. Florida? Yeah. It's like a campus on the beach. Uh-huh. You can't go wrong with that. That's true. And then I was like, I just want to live in Florida. Like, I've always loved the idea of a beach or Florida. You just or love Miami. traveling, too. Yeah. And so it ended up, um, I didn't get accepted, but then UIW, you know, called me and like, oh, you have a conditional acceptance if you want to come. And then I got accepted. 
And, and so then, you went with your first acceptance, like yeah, well, well, technically, well, like I figured out. I mean, I did some observation hours in PT, and then I found out that I wanted to. Um, I was like, oh, this this would be cool, you know, like yeah. not a major issue, and then, and then I applied. And well, then, you apl- you had already gotten accepted. Mm-hmm. What got you over the hump? What made you say, okay, I'm going to go? I didn't want to work. <laughs> well, this is good. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> okay yeah but i didn't i really didn't want to work and then since i didn't want to work i was like well pt school is cool i could see myself doing this Mm -hmm. for a while and then i did and then i went to pt school and then i met you okay yeah how about you what what got you into pt (laughs) well funny (laughs) enough you you led with the whole cliche story like you get injured you you meet a therapist that makes an impact on you and then one that's what i want to do well lo and behold that's me I was in high school, tore my ACL, and at the time it was a tragic event for me. I lost my my basketball scholarship, and it was you know an unfortunate event at the time. I knew I had I knew I wanted to play, mm-hmm. so I obviously had to go through rehab. I got the surgery immediately, and met a great therapist. He he cared and it really opened my eyes to the fact that if I don't go pro and at that time I thought I was, mm-hmm. I was like, I can hang on to this idea or this dream of mine as long the as WNBA. I can. Sure. Exactly. Or even overseas. And so I continued to rehab. I got back to where I wanted to. I played at a junior college and it was then that I knew I wanted to go down the route of either athletic training or, um, excuse me, or uh, physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So fast forward through my undergrad, I took all my prereqs and I applied and um, I went into the, oh, I drew a blank really quick. So I, I applied and I didn't even get in my first year. Um, it, it took me some time to, well, after I got denied, I reflected a little bit. Is this something I still want to do? And I worked in a PT clinic for about a year. And then I applied again, and I got in to UIW. That was the first one that accepted me. I didn't even wait for any of the, of the other colleges to say yes or no. So I said, yes, I'll go to UIW, and stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I liked the one-on-one with UIW. That It's a smaller campus. You yeah. get to know the professors. And so going into uh, – well, I got in – I rehabbed – and they offered me a basketball scholarship in undergrad, and then I liked it. And then applied when I applied for PT school. Do you feel like with? I mean, it's like sometimes I feel like I took my acceptance for granted with UIW. Really? Not, not in a bad way. Like, I, I like I got accepted, but then I didn't know if I was like meant to be accepted. Like I didn't know if they were just because we're the inaugural class. Like, yeah. do you feel? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I got accepted because they needed students. Yeah. You know, like, but my resume was good. Like I knew it was. But, right. But the fact, like, that thought crossed my mind too. Yeah. Like where you're like, they just needed people. They needed people to pay. <laughs> no, not really. They just. Need, I mean, you need to prove a concept, right? Prove right. A concept with a program, and I've, that's always crossed my mind. Like, what if? What if? What I if you said no? Yeah. Or what if I just? What if I would have applied somewhere else? Because like I said, I was very last minute, mm-hmm. like like debating what's going on in my life. Like I liked physical therapy, and then the thing that got me pushed was like when people were applying for jobs. I was like, I don't want to work yet. Like, yeah. Uh, and I was like, and then people were Why not further your education. Yeah. So you know, going that route, 
and and then that's why i always say like oh well, how'd you get into physical therapy i just kind of fell into it like yeah just, literally like literally like i and then i was also like pursuing like maybe a master's in exercise phys but then mm-hmm. to me that was boring like i was sure. like i don't want to do that um but yeah i mean no it's shade like, thrown to those that are doing yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah no shade but that that's just not me uh, i mean exercise physiology is more like you know research-based sure and sure. that's how we kind of see it and mm-hmm. i'm I mean, we're obviously here because we're more outgoing. Sure. You know, no, no, like, no. I we're think on a that, podcast. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> we're very outspoken. <laughs> and I think that's what, you know, that's a great opportunity to talk to, speak to our relationship. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We did not, I did not like Edwin. No. I mean, he was tolerable. But it was one of those things that we were, the way our UIW's program works is, mm. um, it's called problem-based learning, right? And mm. we know that we need to work in groups. And you and I, I think, are very adaptable to mm-hmm. work with Anybody. anybody and everybody yeah, yeah I, I think we complement each other that way <clears throat> and how it's supposed to work is we work in groups and then every semester we switch groups but we still kept falling in the same group or the same uh like the same because they split our our class was split into two groups right and then those two groups within itself were split into six groups exactly yeah and then so when we were in a group like we have to like talk to anybody and right. everybody which is why i think I mean, I don't know. I see, like, UIW grads, yeah. not to throw shade on any of the other grads, <laughs> but, like, everybody's doing a lot of good things. Like, I'm sure, I think so. I, I'm sure, like, other grads from other schools are doing the same thing, but right. I think, like, UIW prepared us to, like, I'm saying like a lot, sorry. They prepared us to be able to adapt, to mold, to talk, to, you know, any given situation. Yeah, right? no, to it's react, true. To like, yeah. re- like, really, like, it's not physically, truth. but mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did we not see girls, like, crying? Yeah, and, I was like, literally and, like, the same thing. All, like, and you have to adapt to someone crying in your group because mm-hmm. they're stressed out about a test. Right. Or someone flying in from Cancun last minute and mm. taking a test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. Like, different scenarios, it's, it's applicable in the real world. And I think it really molded us to be able to adapt. And <clears throat> how often do you run into a patient that, in you know, in, in, our, in our current setting with the the, the, our unique setting and I won't even say unique I, I just think it's a very special setting and it's 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 definitely it's new. something yeah new mm-hmm. and, and and needed you in kind of the run-of-the-mill clinics that we talked about earlier you get patients that are just there because the doctor told them mm-hmm. and you don't really get the luxury of firing a patient because mm-hmm. you you I mean you want to make sure that you continue to get the referral source what I'm alluding to is we have the skills or we were provided the skills or we were put in situations where we had to make sure that we can talk with someone that doesn't want to be around us we can be outgoing or we can make sure that we dial it back and adapt i mean i keep using that word because Mm -hmm. we had to yeah and one thing that comes to mind too is how many times did we had to did we have to reflect oh yeah all the damn time no matter what at the end of every session hey what did your group mate or your group member do good and what did they do bad mm-hmm. and you and our proc our um facilitator yeah, i don't know uh, our professor and that was in our group would sit there and wait until we said something yeah <clears throat> how uncomfortable can that be for somebody yeah i mean it gets pretty uncomfortable or like when someone's slacking like you have to call them out yeah exactly yeah because like, then we're having to do more mm-hmm. and i mean we could i we can talk about this problem-based learning like, for a minute oh, like, I mean, there's we could a probably lot. do an episode we on probably it. could like i mean there was people that couldn't that you know it just wasn't made for them mm-hmm. right you're talking 
two to a month in and said, you know what, this isn't for me. Yeah, I think that's, you know, going back to the UIW thing, like people always say, well, how's PT school? I was like, it was different. Like it was like, some, yeah. I was like, I was a guinea pig. And for like, sure. I was never given an answer. Like you're that never given an answer. Like when we're in PT school, I remember asking Dr. Walden, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, so how do you do this? I can't remember exactly what it was. And he's like, well, how do you do it? And I was like, you're the freaking professor. Right. Like, like, at least provide some like, <laughs> some guidance. And then, or like, and that's um, genuinely how it would go. Like, is the is the calf muscle here? Is it there? Like, you know, like <laughs> uh, that was <laughs> the that is the exact way our professors yeah, would like, phrase it. Well, what do you think? It's like, mm. and now that's the way I teach. That's like, like the Socratic way of teaching, right? Yeah, like, that's like you so, find your own damn answer. Like, right, but I will say as we learned the method Mm -hmm. it it really made us and i'll speak for myself and you let me Mm -hmm. know what you think it was one of those things that if i wasn't sure and it took a while to get there Mm -hmm. but if i wasn't sure of something i would go to we had our resources Mm -hmm. i will say that they did a a good job of saying you have these resources go look at them so i would go do that first and come with a possible a possible possible answer and then then our professors at that point would be like okay you're on the right track, but maybe you should go down Avenue B and yeah. C. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. in now, you know we don't ha- we're free of mentors. We went down our specialization, which we didn't really talk too much about. Yeah, we'll we talk, talk about, about that now. right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that now, after getting mentored and going down our specialties, going down our specialty routes, I feel that we we're better equipped for that. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? I think so too. I, I think it was. I, I honestly think it set the stage for what we're trying to do now, because not to like badmouth any other programs or anything but like you know what's the way of teaching now is like oh here's a powerpoint read it this is right. going to be on the test Traditional. we never knew what the hell was going to be on the test no, we didn't know what was, it was, was and you always had to look something up you never got a powerpoint never what, if we did how many people fell asleep no i mean but the thing about it is like they we never got a powerpoint with anything that was going to be on a test all we did it was like okay this is your case what questions do you need to know? And off of those six, seven, yeah. 15 questions that we came up with, like we have to find the answers ourselves and we right. have to look at all these books. And so I think that kind of set the stage for us, you know, being out here, talking, um, not afraid to get out there and talk to different people, mm. start yeah. a practice. I mean, I think all that set the stage to to what we're trying to do now. To I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with that. I'm not going to lie. At the beginning, I said, this is going to be some some one of the hardest challenges I come across. And, and, and rightfully so, right? We're, we're studying to get our doctorate. It should be challenging. But the way it was challenging was by far, you know, gosh, I don't even know how to word it. It was just so unique, different. There's a lot of words I can use to one describe of the, it. One of the funniest stories that I can think of. Oh, God is like our first semester i think i know what you're gonna say and then the you, you know you you write things on the board like what do you need to know we had like a patient i can't remember what the case was like a patient with like i, I really don't know but danielle walks in the next day oh, and is, she's talking about and she's talking about different types of mattresses oh. someone is sleeping on <laughs> I really think it was like a knee patient. It was horrible. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a bed. It was a rotating bed to reduce ulcers. I remember that vividly, but it wasn't even applicable to the patient. It was not applicable. Oh, that's how lost we were. It was terrible. It it, it got better as we we kept going. Yeah, but you're 
<laughs> I'm sure there was a scenario that you didn't say anything smart, but whatever. Oh, yeah. That really stood out, though. It was. <laughs> it speaks to how lost I was. It was, it was ridiculous. No one. Um, I think Aaron brings that up too, yeah. or has brought it up in the past. <laughs> Rotating bed. I found an article and everything. <laughs> whatever um so uh I, I guess going off of that I, I think we talked a good five minutes about our, our school experience um but so we didn't talk uh real yeah, quick about the, your specialty yeah yeah, yeah 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 so um what i was gonna say is so we both graduated in 2015 mm-hmm. we went different routes you want to speak speak a little bit about the route you took and sure. like what got you here mm-hmm. yeah so well, the route i took it was it, it's similar but different to edwin's and it it, it is edwin oh gosh Oh, let me. I have to. When I first met Ed, Edwin, I he speaks very fast. He's really improved. You've really improved in terms of your enunciation of words. And I heard you say, you know, my name is Edwin, and I thought that was a unique name. And I was like, okay, well, Edwin, it is, and it just stuck. So, forgive me if I use your name as Edwin. Just to kind of preface to future podcasts so back to the question uh the route that i went down is sports residency and what sports residency is is another 18 months to two years depending on uh the amount of hours you can accumulate within those 18 months and what i mean by hours is going out to venues which are Mm -hmm. any venues or any sporting events and why I chose this avenue was to reach out to the community in terms of all athletes. Being able to get on the sideline, it, I would say it's to help. Again, I, I really do love this phrase, bridge the gap, because I don't think that there's enough of us that do that. And so what I'm doing or what I did within the sports residency or what I wanted to achieve was to be able to bridge the gap between the athletic training world and the sports physical therapist world and how we can complement each other. That's why I went down this residency route. And so what it involved was the first like gosh it's intertwined but you're you're looking at didactic work which Mm -hmm. is going to be um oversaw overseen excuse me by my mentor and i'm required to look into every sport break down every sport needs analysis um, return to sport testing there's a continuum of it it's no longer return to sport it's return to performance Mm -hmm. and so spending the the i spent a good part of 18 months diving into that um into the research i really really enjoy research and it really helped build a great foundation for evidence-based practice Mm -hmm. and then within that realm of the research and uh the didactic work and the venue hours i was also able to achieve or uh, uh, receive my certification as an emergency medical responder which is required within Mm -hmm. this program so you have an 18-month program that provides you with extensive research articles and different uh different what am i looking what word am i looking for different classes right that Mm -hmm. you have to take within this program and then you have to accumulate 200 of these hours which is going to be from boxing to fencing to ballet Mm -hmm. and it really opened my eyes to where i really is it 200 or 2000 200 venue hours but within the this is within the 18 months and you're talking how long is a football game if i'm there from 10 a.m to 6 p.m that alone is eight hours Mm -hmm. roughly eight hours 
Um, so it's two hundred venue hours, and then two. Th- well, it's two thousand didactic hours. So that has to do with like your coursework. Coursework, and, like- and then I have one hundred and fifty mentor hours. Mm-hmm. So two thousand one fifty two hundred. Okay. Um, and that's now evolved a little bit uh, with COVID. That's changed drastically, but hopefully it's a, or it's a unique situation. So that should change back to those spe- specific parameters. And uh, once you finish, you take an exam and then you become a board certified specialist or a board certified sports, sports clinical special. specialist. Mm, nice. Yeah. So that's kind of the rundown of it in, in kind of bridging or I'm sorry, not bridging the gap, but opening up the same question to you. Well, what did I, you do? After? I kind of want to go off of that a little bit. So, um, you know, as a physical therapist, you get a doctorate and you can go work right away, which mm-hmm. is what we were still doing. But you can pursue like a higher education on top of your doctorate. That's a good point. So, it's not required. So it's not required. So, um, you know, you, you have a, a DPT, which is your physical therapist. So I like to always say that when we're in PT school, you know, they basically teach us how not to kill someone. Like exactly. we, we, we know the generals of everything, mm-hmm. right? But if we want to go a certain route, we can choose to or we can choose to just, you know, go, go work and go, at, go work at a hospital or an outpatient clinic. And we have enough knowledge to get people better and to help people but you know danielle took the choice to hey i want to specialize in sports and Mm -hmm. i want to help an athlete not that we can't help anybody else but that's kind of like the route you wanted because you wanted to know more about it and be more involved within the sport world right um as as far as for me um i didn't think i'd be doing what i'm doing now ever (laughs) um i guess i just fell into it too. but it still it works (laughs) for you it really does so no um you know, for me, um, you know, I, I graduated and I started working for a big um, company here in San Antonio. <clears throat> and then I, you know, they asked me, it's like, oh, do you ever want to be, you know, a director or right. a boss? Or do you want to go pursue a fellowship or anything? I was like, nah, like, I can just see myself, like, making money, working, just right. going to work and leaving. <sighs> but I guess knowing myself, I got bored within a year. And Erin, our, our good friend, mm-hmm. she was just like, I'm going to apply for this fellowship, see if I can go. Um, and, you know, a fellowship is, is three more years of schooling. Basically, mm-hmm. every, like, six weeks you go for a weekend course, Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's like a total of 20 courses, just about. Yeah, courses. Some online work. And then hours, just like kind of like you did. Um, and I was like, all right, Erin's doing it. Like, I'll do it too. <laughs> you kind of just fell into it. Be, I didn't want to be a loser. <laughs> and not go into it because like not a loser but like we were in the same clinic and she was doing it and i was like oh i guess i'll apply and then i remember like getting the acceptance letter quote right. Unquote, right? <laughs> um and so we started you know that september mm-hmm. like it had to be 2016 september um and again it's 20 courses um it's, it takes a lot of work. Uh, and you are still a full-time therapist. That's why the time frame, Yeah, right? so, so I'm still You're working full-time. full, full workload at this point. So I'm still... It's not an easy feat. Yeah, seeing, tw- you know, 12 to 18 patients a day, mm-hmm. five days a week, and then like... Documentation. And then every six weeks, um, kind of going to a course in San Marcos that later, because the Texas State Physical Therapy mm-hmm. School ended up moving to Round Rock. Okay. So north of Austin. So driving every weekend and then driving back on Sundays or driving back that Saturday, then driving back again Sunday morning. Mm. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And then, you know, did that for, you know, 20 weekends, online work as well. And then so when we're done, you have to do your hours kind of like you. 
and it's 440 hours under a fellow. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. a fellow in manual therapy is basically a specialized physical therapist with more of the hands-on experience. So yeah. that's where Danielle and I differ a little bit, where she's yeah. the sport physical therapist. She does different tests and measures that I do. I do more of the hands-on work, but still our goal is to get you back to playing or get you back to squatting or getting your kid lifestyle. up. Yep, your active lifestyle. So... Um, so I do 440 hours. So once I do the coursework, I then go and transition to four 10-hour days. So I'm working Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 7 to 6. And then on Wednesdays, I go work under a fellow for a full day. Mm-hmm. So I still have to get my 40 hours and then plus an extra 8 hours to get those 440 hours, which was a total of about a year and a half, 15 mm-hmm. months or so, um, of basically putting in like 50 50 hours of work mm-hmm. on top of my drive and my commute. Yeah, don't forget that. You were driving a ways. <laughs> well, and also, yeah. you were running a clinic during this yeah. time. Oh, frame. yeah, yeah. So um, during the when I started um, the fellowship, I took a position in the outskirts of San Antonio to run a clinic that was slow and getting mm-hmm. started. And they told me, oh, Edwin's just going to go twiddle his thumbs because it's so slow. Well, <laughs> that was a little bit better than I thought. You got that thriving <laughs> quick. Yeah, so uh, you know, I ended up picking up that clinic pretty busy. Got to two full-time therapists and some part-time help. Um, but I guess now segueing to where we're at now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but, mm, you know, it had been three, four years of seeing high-volume patients. Mm-hmm. People were coming in, and I was seeing, in a 10-hour day, I mean, it's exhausting. You it see, really like, 20, 25 people you know, a day, sometimes when you're super busy on top of running the logistics of a clinic. Yeah, that's, like, it's hard. Um, it was stressful. And for me, I felt like I wasn't treating patients as well as they should be treated. I was finishing sure. my fellowship. And I said, what's next? You know, I, I, I you know, a year ago today, I was still working for them. Um, and I kind of took a leap of faith and I already had Wednesdays off because I had finished my hours. And when I finished them, I said, well, let's do part-time work and uh, start, you know, I started drinking the Kool-Aid <laughs> um, as far as, you know, not taking insurance. And we'll get more into insurance in another podcast, but, you know, not taking insurance, get taking cash or card and giving people more quality care. Right. And I started doing it part-time very cheaply to see if it would get any momentum. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, it did. Um, right into COVID, I put in my month notice and didn't know where COVID was going. <laughs> I quit, and then I said, "Well, jump head head in first. Yeah. And well, you did a good amount of research. Like yeah, you, yeah. You, I mean, you, were, you didn't just fall into it this time. No, you no. Actually I did your. I did a lot of research. research. Yeah. Um, I guess when I was finishing my fellowship, I was like looking into different PTs that did. The cash-based setting, and the cash-based setting is just a term. We just don't take cash. We take card, too. But, (laughs) um, you know, and, you know, the method started to make a lot of sense. Why wouldn't people want to come one time a week versus three times a week, still probably pay pay them the the same amount of money, but they have more individualized care. Right. Right. It's not so cookie cutter where like, oh, you're here for knee pain. Everybody lays on the table and does straight leg raises. It's the first thing I think of. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So um, that's that's something that's um, kind of spoke to me. And I started listening to podcasts, kind of like what you're doing right now. 
And, you know, like, oh, this is starting to make sense. Then I read a book. Then I read another book. Then I started designing a website with my wife. And before you know it, I was, like, seeing people on the side. And there I was, just ready to start my own practice in a basement in downtown San Antonio. <laughs> and that's where I am now. Yeah. So, um, I guess with you, Danielle, like what kind of got you into this setting and why? You're yeah. Doing- so for me, it was a little bit different because I'm still a part of a clinic that provided me with a unique opportunity to continue seeing athletes and working alongside doctors that treat athletes. So I started seeing the the gap where I couldn't provide the care that I knew some of my higher performance athletes needed. So I thought it would be a good idea to bridge the gap and start my own sports performance clinic. So I started looking into what that would look what that would look like and, and how can I do it. And so I started seeing more and more about cash-based physical therapy and how I can actually get this clinic off the ground without having the hassle or the boundaries of insurance so that's that's how i got into my clinic and mine is i would probably say in a a, not not so much a basement but on the first floor of where i live Mm -hmm. um it has my area where i have my gym and i have my treatment room and i you get to provide that one-on-one care Right, so for me, it's a little bit different just because I cater specific to the athlete and enhancing their sports performance, and providing that um, those return to return to performance criteria and developing baselines and find figuring out what their power output is, things along those lines. So similar but different mm-hmm. in in terms of the avenues that we go down or that you and I went down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, and you know that's. You know, for everybody listening, um, you know, cash-based physical therapy sounds like, oh, you're just doing underground work, taking people's money. (laughs) Um, But in reality, you know, we did this with the average Joe in mind and the athlete in mind. You know, it's we're doing this to help people. Um, It may seem it may seem like a costly thing up front, um, but like I said earlier, we're going to get more into the insurance side of things and how that works. Yeah, that's Um, a a big topic because it's a big topic in itself, and we can go on tangents forever. But I, I think, you know, you individuals listening need to know where we're coming from, uh, why we do what we're doing. Um, we're not, you know, and how fresh. we got here. Yeah, we're not fresh. How we're not like whatever. Um, we're pretty experienced. We know what we want. Um, and we want to help the most people we can in the city of San Antonio. For sure. And if anybody's willing to listen anywhere else, we'll gladly appreciate it. And we'll take you in too. Yeah. I, I think you, you covered the, the population that we're trying to target, which is ultimately anyone trying to move better mm-hmm. you know I, I know that I'm, I'm gearing more towards athletes specific towards basketball um, softball baseball and performing arts but I you know those are things that I specialize in but it doesn't mean that I can't see other athletes yeah and, and same for you you have the ability to see a wide variety of patients mm-hmm. but have the knowledge and the ability to see athletes as well mm-hmm. you know so for those of you listening, we are trying to ensure that you understand we have the ability, knowledge, and the the yeah, I mean the, the ability, yeah, the background. Thanks for chiming in there to get you where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Stay where, stay doing what you love, and even getting you better at it. Yeah, go, going off of what Danielle said to put into perspective, I've had people that are not healthy, and then they come in for back pain or. Mm-hmm shoulder pain 
and we get rid of their pain yeah. but then the difference between us and other places we give you individualized programming yeah and then we're point. also transitioning you to getting healthier you know we just don't address the physical component because we spend 10 15 minutes with you one-on-one we're we're diving into deeper things mm-hmm. that other places you can't get into their into at other places because we don't so, have the time exactly so um you know we can help a crossfitter get better at their snatch we can help a marathon runner get better at running mm-hmm. and we can help the average person get out of pain and back to being an active person mm-hmm. that's how well you gotta look at us mm-hmm. i think that's good i think that's a, a great a great summary mm-hmm. of what we want to do and how we can help I definitely agree. Well, thank you very much for anybody that's listening, and we appreciate it. Uh, watch out next week for our next for our next episode. Yeah, stay tuned. Remember, this is Positive Reaction Podcast. This is Doctor D and Doctor Serrano, where, where you, you come, come first. first.